everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Insights of the Mental Game, where we talk about how important minds are when it comes to playing and succeeding in sports. My name is Maheka Charyana, and I have a very special guest who is third in the class in the entire state of Virginia, won back-to-back Denny McCarthy Invitationals, and has two top 10 AJGA finishes. Welcome, Joey. So excited to have you. Hi. How's everything going with school and stuff right now? It's been good. It's definitely been a bit of adjustment with junior year and taking more APs and stuff like that. But I feel like I've been doing pretty well handling it. That's good. How's school been for you? It's kind of crazy. Like we have finals in a week and I, there's not a single teacher that has like prepared us at all. They're just like continuing on. Like it's a normal school Mm -hmm. year. And I'm like, guys, we have finals coming up. (laughs) But yeah, yeah. it's so weird because we don't have finals at the end of the semester. We have finals at the end of the year. So really? It's a interesting. Wait, so then for the finals at the end of the year, is it like the mm-hmm. like the entire year you have to know? Yeah, so we take seven classes for the whole year. And then mm-hmm. so we would have our midterms around now and then finals at the end of the year. Yeah. Well, I don't know if these would be classified as midterms. We call them finals, but it kind of is the same thing. We just have mm-hmm. them twice a year like 90 minute tests or whatever so yeah, yeah most of the classes don't have them so I don't have to worry about it that's but nice. that's a lot of exams yeah thank you um so when did you start playing golf when did you get into it I started playing when I was about seven and I actually started through a nonprofit called the first tee and they teach kids like really really valuable life lessons through golf and just learning how to play and that like helped me build a lot of character really young and I feel like that plays a big part into like how I think on the course and just like how I carry myself as a person which mm-hmm. is I'm so grateful for like I know Mahek you're also in the first tee and like you can also speak about that but yeah, I'm just like really glad that my parents got me into that and yeah I just owe a lot of my success in golf to first tee yeah no I totally understand actually um a couple of episodes ago I featured one of my like first team mentors or whatever I really enjoy like they're actually a big part of the reason how I got into this and it's been really nice for sure um yeah so I know we were just talking about finals and stuff so um is your golf season still going on no my season finished back in like early October I made it to states as an individual and my although my team like didn't play as well we still managed to do pretty well at districts and it was just great with team bonding and just really feeling whole as a team again after um, like a partial COVID year last year so it's definitely good to be just back into full swing with the team and all that stuff. Yeah, no, that's cool. How is it like balancing your studies with your, um, like one season was going on, like your studies with your sports? Yeah, definitely balancing practice for high school and also my own personal practice with kind of just doing homework and studying for tests was a little bit of an adjustment. Time management is so important and just and the teachers don't treat you any different than any other students. So it's like, like, are you an athlete first? Or are you a student first? It's kind of, it, it was hard to manage it. But at the end of the day, like we all wanted the same thing. And our coaches 
were so encouraging and just helped us through the process, which is something that not every single coach does. So I'm very grateful for all of my life helped me kind of get through that period. Yeah, I feel like it's always good to have like a figure who you can always look up to, reach out, even if you need help with school, golf, whatever it is. And especially if they're like a golf coach, it's it's really nice. Um, yeah, definitely. And sorry. No, no, no. Go on. Both go of on. my coaches, like both of my coaches, are actually teachers at my school. So just being able to see them every day and just talk to them has been really nice. My teammates my classes so just having that mixed environment is something that we did have in previous years my freshman year was completely online my sophomore year was it was in person but not as much engagement in school because you know the mass and everything just this year everything kind of just shifted back into how it was um Mm pre-pandemic Um, Joey, do you want to turn our cameras off? I'm going to turn mine off because I think the audio is kind of glitching. Okay, yeah. Because I think, well, usually in the past, like when I have people turn their cameras off, it gets better. Yeah, okay, perfect. Um, Yeah, so like continuing on with that, I get that. Um, So golf has been a very stressful game per se. Yeah, I know it's like definitely one of like the hardest stress, like, a game that carries a lot of stress and it's definitely one of the hardest ones. So what's been your biggest mental hurdle in the game of golf? My biggest mental hurdle, I would have to say, like I was going through it this whole season, my, my, my summer sophomore season going into my junior year. And this season was told me like, this is like your most important season of junior golf. This is the year you can start talking to colleges and all that stuff. And at first, you know, I was like so hyped and so pumped. Like, like I'm so ready to, you know, just take it full steam ahead and just play the best golf I've ever played. And with playing D1 college golf as like something that I've wanted to do since I was a little girl, I was Mm -hmm so passionate and I really 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 wanted to play D1 golf which put a lot of pressure on me and when that pressure started to build up more and more on like how I had to perform on the course like it affected me mentally when I was actually playing too Mm -hmm. so like I was I think I was practicing all winter season last winter in 2021 and then I played my first tournament in 2022 around like April I think and at that tournament I just started my round and I was playing and then I started thinking score 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 oh no this score this score this score and just as I started to get more into that it I was definitely playing more for score than just playing golf because golf is something where you should just play and have a good time with your playing partners but it just started to be more of this is a grind. I have to do this. I want to play college golf so much. I need to shoot lower. And like, I didn't realize what that was doing to my golf game until after my summer, which kind of hurt me in the recruiting process. But I definitely have this year to make that up. And now that I'm aware about like how I just put so much focus on the score and the number rather than like what actually causes that so just when I started focusing more on 
what I could control and what was within my control instead of just thinking way into the future and something and thinking into something that's like right your score you never know what you're going to shoot it definitely did help me mentally and now it's definitely starting to kind of get into my routine and Mm -hmm. hopefully I can kind of get back into the swing of things next season no I get that and especially I like personally I feel like well let's say like um there's been times I'm like taking a math test and I'm halfway through a page and I'm like wait I have to get an A on this test to get an A in the class I have to get an A Mm -hmm. and then that entire time it's like you're looking at the problem and you're like wait I don't know how to do this because I'm just so worried about getting an A and I feel like it's the same thing in golf like you're looking at the ball and you're like this has to go in the hole I have to birdie the hole like that's it like to save my score I have to birdie the hole and then it's like you're not really like playing the game and honestly I feel like a lot of times like we play better when we don't when we're not worried you know no exactly that like I remember when I was playing in the summer I just had speaker on and I was just playing with my friends having a good time like the scores and just the scoring was so much better and I I honestly didn't I realized that there's a correlation between that but I didn't actually look into it too seriously until recently like wow I just play so much better relax and it's kind of like driving too when you're driving a car I just recently got my license like a couple months ago when you're just driving in your car listening to music and just focusing on what you can control which is your car and like what you do to maneuver around other cars mm-hmm. it's just so much more relaxing and you can handle what's in front of you better which is something that I learned from driving and have started to put into my golf game and hopefully that it's that's what I need to kind of Im- improve and just gain back the confidence and just like feeling good about playing golf and playing in tournaments again yeah um good question so when did you get your license I got my license in like after Montana when we met in August I wanted to get it in July because that's when I could get it but then I had to get enough hours and I couldn't get enough hours until after and then I don't know, my sessions kept getting delayed, but I ended up getting a perfect on the driving test. And then oh, and then after the test was over, I ran a red light by accident. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was completely innocent. Like the light just turned uh, red really fast. So I don't know what happened yeah. there. But no, it's like this morning. So I got my license like in July, I think. Yeah, in July. And um what's it called so like I I'm like I would say I'm a fine driver my friends don't they don't let me drive most of the time <laughs> they don't like the way I drive or park but <laughs> I think it's pretty good I woke up this morning ready to go to school I opened the garage and it's fully snowing outside like no mm-hmm. warning nothing it's just snow is everywhere and I was not prepared for driving in the snow <laughs> yeah. yeah I remember like in our Montana group chat you sent like a picture of it snowing in what like November like October it's like crazy and it's not even like oh it's like now it's snow time it just it comes and it goes and it's like nowhere how's the weather in um Virginia it actually hasn't been that bad we haven't gotten any snow or anything Mm -hmm. like it's maybe been under 40 like a handful of times oh wow that's good yeah we've had some pretty good weather 
and I don't know if it's global warming or anything, <laughs> but I, I feel like snow just comes so much later now. And yeah. we used to have like so many days off. I remember one year when I was in like what, fifth grade, I had two weeks off because we had a huge blizzard and it was like five feet of snow, mm-hmm. which is crazy. But definitely there was, there's been nothing like that recently. Yeah. So hopefully there's snow, but like not too much. Yeah, I know schools don't give us days off anymore. Like I, I was like, it could be like you're freezing outside or like you can't, everything's so cold. You like can be getting frostbite and they like, they'll still make you go to school. What? Yeah, for my county, they get offered anything. My like students at my school, they start petitions to kind of cancel school and make it a school really? day. Yeah, so they kind of peer pressure um, all the superintendents on Twitter, like close school, close school, close school. And then I don't know if it's because of that, but then they just always end up closing school, which is nice. Really nice. Yeah. I could go for a snow day. (laughs) Me too. Okay. Got to get back on here. Okay, here we go. (laughs) Is there anything specific you do after a bad round? Like, do you like take a day off or like after a round, you just like immediately head to the range? Honestly, it depends for me. Some days I'm really feeling like I really need to get back on track and I just need to head to the putting green, put on my AirPods and just listen to music and just really got, get my reps in. And mm-hmm. then other days after a round, I just don't have like the energy anymore. And then I end up just crashing and binge watching Netflix. And I feel like those two ways are like good ways for me to take my mind off of kind of the negatives in my round and just feel more rested and refreshed for the next day of the tournament or just attacking what I need to work on in my game the next day. And just, it's so important to give your mind and your brain a break, especially when you're on the golf course and you're using it all day to kind of stay in, in it and, just to say, like, really focused, Mm -hmm. definitely prioritizing, taking that break, and just giving your mind a reward after a long day. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. It's, like, sometimes good, it's, like, maybe I would feel like after, like, practice round, if I didn't do as well as I hoped, I'd, like, go to the range, but other than that, if I've, like, had, like, an 18 hole in 90 degree weather, I'm, like, I'm I'm gonna take the day off and, like, reflect on what I've done. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes, like even in practice rounds, it's just it's me and like other people and they're we always say, like, oh, if you play bad in the practice round, you'll play good in the actual round. And most of the time it's true, some of the time it's not. But definitely I know a lot of people for them practicing five hours or until dark after their round like works for them and they are just ready to just grind it out the next day. But especially with the conditions now with the extreme heat it's really hard to just be out there every single day like all day and then expect to perform so much better the next day Mm because your body your body is like your brain you have to take care of your body and you have to take care of your brain and if you're not resting and you're not recovering then it's easy to get burnout and not perform as well as you want which is something that I also realized this year like I, at school, they wouldn't let us eat outside of lunch because of the mask and everything and COVID. Mm-hmm. So I was eating less and 
I was sleeping less because of school and all that stuff, which really took a toll on my performance in golf and at the gym, which is something I came to realization with. Mm-hmm. And that's why I played a lot better in the summer than during the school year. So just like little things like that, that like you never would think of, or like you don't think of first can yeah. be like a big cause to anything in golf. No, exactly. Like I know all my, my parents always say like health comes first. Cause like without that, you're not going to have anything because exactly. you got to take care of your body. Um, what's your greatest golf accomplishment and golf failure? And what did you learn from both of those experiences? It's tough to decide, like, my greatest accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Like, I was sitting here thinking about it. And, like, you see this question all the time, like, what is your greatest accomplishment? Mm-hmm. And you're just thinking about, like, at all the things you could say. And I think one of my top ones is actually from pretty recent, like, in September. I played at Pebble Beach, and I got interviewed by Susie Whaley, who is the first woman to be president of the PGA of America which is a huge deal Mm -hmm. and she interviewed me for golf channel and we talked about like what I do outside of first tee and just like how much of the impact they've had on me and just being able to talk to her at one of the best best courses in the country Pebble Beach was absolutely unreal like the amount of history that has happened there and just being able to see the beauty in the course and the beauty of just being able to walk down where amazing Hall of Fame golfers like Tiger Woods once walked definitely made me realize how grateful I am and how incredibly blessed I am to have opportunities like that to play golf. Because yeah. a lot of people they, in junior golf, they play golf and they can play wherever they want, but they'll never have an opportunity like that to be interviewed on TV as a junior, you know? And just being able to realize that and how much of a privilege it is to play golf and junior golf in particular is something that like I realized later into like high school. Yeah. And that kind of brings into like my failures as well. Like in junior golf, you're, bound to have a bad round and you're ba- you're bound to kind of just like make mistakes to follow that because mm-hmm. you don't know exactly what to do but yeah. just realizing that you learn from your mistakes and like what Dr. Ted said at the leadership summit in Montana fail fast learn faster yeah. is like such a great like mindset to have because you're a kid, you're young, you're never going to have those experiences again. So if you can just switch it up and then realize that you have this X amount of time to learn from your mistakes and be what you want yeah, is something that like in the moment you don't think about, but is something that like can help so many people, especially people who are in slumps. And like, I was in a slump too, and I wasn't realizing this until after I kind of came out of it and I like burrowed out the hole Mm -hmm. and like also something that like is shocking and it's like golf is expensive and playing junior golf is definitely not change you just pull out of your pocket no it is quite an investment yeah and I'm just so grateful that like again I have the opportunity my in the support from my parents and my coaches and just everyone in my life 
for like supporting me in my like golf journey and just like telling me like you have the potential and just uplifting me because that is something that is so important to have and, like the relationships you build in the sport are just incredible and you just have to take advantage of that mm-hmm. and just really soak it all in because you never know when you're going to lose it you never know when something's going to happen and all that's going to go away yeah <clears throat> no I feel like that's definitely a message that I want to spread to people that's why I started the podcast because I feel like it's so important and it's not talked about enough especially that's- the fact that failing is what's going to lead you to the success and like personally I've had so many failures like an unbelievable amount but then I've also realized like the successes I've had like to be able to go to Montana for a week like winning tournaments like even if it's the little things it's like it's the result of working hard and it's a nice feeling exactly like if you never try you never know if you'll succeed I mean Mm -hmm. maybe you'll fail a couple times but then if you decide like I'm scared, I don't want to do this, then you you won't fail and you'll feel safe, but you'll never be able to like break out of your mold and really figure out what you can do and how much you're capable of. Yeah, exactly. So I did meet you in Montana for the first D Leadership Summit and you brought up Pebble Beach. So I just want to know how was your experience there? It sounded really cool. Yeah, it was so amazing. I loved every single second of it. And I wish that every single first participant would be able to experience that. Yeah. And it's definitely like close to being in Montana with you and mm-hmm. everyone else that was there. But the pictures were so nice. I was like, oh my God, Pebble Beach is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, the pictures don't do it justice. Oh, I know for sure. Like, definitely seeing it is like you're just drooling all over the picture and then when you're actually there in person you have all five senses you have like the noise the smell and just every single thing like you see in the picture is actually touchable and then you smell like the salt water and the seals barking like honestly just it's such a whirlwind whirlwind experience and everyone there is so nice and welcoming. Mm-hmm. It's definitely like when you think of like a perfect, a perfect week of golf, mm-hmm. that is what I would describe it as. Like, Amazing. From, like the hospitality to just like and the food. Oh, the food was so good. Oh, they always make the food so good. I don't know how they do it. Like even like now I miss like waking up and just having like a entire buffet of delicious gourmet food. <laughs> no, exactly. They just kept feeding us and feeding us. Even on the course, on the course, they made us pizza and they made us talk. had a taco cart and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And just being able to learn a lot from my pros and the AMs that I played with was so incredible. And they're all such amazing people that have done so many amazing things in their life and just being able to talk to them and just learn from their experiences was amazing and then my dad and my program director for my first D chapter came with me and they've been so supportive with my golf journey and especially in first T my program director and I we started at the same time and like we've always talked about going to Pebble Beach together and just doing all these things there and 
I'm so glad that she was able to come and we were able to get our Slurpees and recreate this picture of us when I was, I think when I was like nine or 10 years old. That's so sweet. That's like, that's like coming a full circle, you know? No, exactly. Exactly that. And just in my interview with um, Susie Whaley, I talked a lot about how much my program director, coach Katie has done for me and just like her impact on like how much she has like helped a lot of young girls and just like anybody in our chapter. And she, after she heard my interview on Golf Channel, she started tearing up, which was definitely such an emotional and heart and heartfelt moment for me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm glad that I was given that opportunity. No, that's such a beautiful moment you guys shared too. Yeah. Now I do have some fun questions that I did not tell you about. So I have these, I call them rapid fire questions. It, these 10 questions that, um, you want to answer super fast. Like just the first thing that comes to your mind, basically. Okay. okay. All right. Ready? Yeah. Here we go. We'll start now. Okay. Favorite snack on the course. Uh, uh, goldfish. Oh, hat or visor. Hat. Push cart or carry. Depends on the day. Favorite club. Putter. Least favorite club driver (laughs) (laughs) nine holes or 18 holes 18 favorite pga player colin morikawa favorite lpga player lydia ko and you just won like 10 billion that was amazing um sport you would play if you didn't play golf basketball and go to breakfast before a big game oh my goodness oh (laughs) 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 this is not that's not rapid our fire probably a bagel and cream cheese <laughs> bagel cool um yeah thank you so much for being on this podcast and um thanks everyone for listening to the podcast and don't forget to follow us on spotify and instagram